Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 1032. Over the next couple of days on our podcast time together, I'm going to help you to understand something of the geography of the Bible. It is so very important. You see, if you're going to understand the Bible properly, you're going to need to understand something of the language of the Bible, the Hebrew of the Old Testament and the Koine Greek of the New Testament. You'll need to understand something of Latin because many of the words that are in our English Bible have Latin roots. Also, you'll need to understand something of the history, the historical setting of the Bible. And by that, I mean the timelines, how to understand the timelines and what happened and when did it happen. That helps us to understand something of the why and piecing it all together. And then if you're going to understand the Bible properly and really read it with clarity and teach it with clarity, you need to understand something of the geography. You see, God did everything on purpose and he always had a plan. And the better you understand the land, the better you'll understand the God of the land. You'll understand the characters that God placed on the land and in the land to do his will. And if you can understand something of the context, the cultural context, the customs, the routines, the rituals of the people of the land, you will certainly understand the shades and nuances of the Bible better. And so I'm going to try to help you to just understand the Bible. And that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, a lot of study, a lot of research. And so it might be helpful if you just opened your Bible to something like Perhaps the journeys of Abraham or the tribal allotments, something that will give you both sides of the Jordan River, because that's very important because all of that was part of the promised land. You understand geographically that the Jews that are living today in the modern day land of Israel is only a portion of the promised land. As a matter of fact, the promised land that God is going to give already has given to the Jews, and one day they will live in that land that has been promised, goes all the way north in Syria to the Euphrates River, and it includes the countries that surround Israel from Egypt all the way north to the Euphrates. And we'll talk more about that in the days ahead. But if you understand the Bible and you teach the Bible, you better understand the land. This is why a trip to Israel is so important. I want you to one day go with me and walk the land and see it from the mountaintops, from the valleys, through the pasture lands and through the high mountains from Mount Hermon all the way to Elat. You can walk with me through the land of Jordan today because that was part of the tribal allotments when the land was divided up. 
There were two and a half tribes on the eastern side of the Jordan, and that's part of the promised land. And if you understand the Old Testament, you understand the New Testament, you're going to have to understand something of the geography. Now, the reason I keep using the word something is simply because no man or no woman knows it all. And so all I can do is teach you how to find answers and how to research. After all, isn't that what school really is? Isn't that what good college or seminary should be doing? And that is teaching you how to study, teaching you how to dig out the nuggets for yourself. Because if I feed you all the days of your life, well, then I've fed you all the days of your life. But if I teach you how to study and how to feed yourself, then you can, as long as you live, grow in the Word of God and knowledge of the Word of God and not just be hearers and learners of the Word, but doers also. And once you learn it and you obey it, then you need to teach it. That is the Ezra principle that I taught you out of the book of Ezra chapter 7. So for the geography, let's begin at a scripture passage in the book of Genesis chapter 14. Let's go actually back to chapter 13. And you know the story here. God is dealing with Abraham. Abraham is in the land. And verse 14 of chapter 13 says, And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see I will give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then he could number your seed. Arise. Verse 17 is a very important passage. Arise and walk in the land through its length and its width. For I give it to you. Not going to give it, but I'm giving it to you right now. Verse 18, Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees at Mamre, which are in Hebron. And he built an altar there to the Lord. And that's where he lived. As a matter of fact, that's where he's buried, along with his wife, Sarah, and their sons after them and grandson, that is the men of promise. That was Isaac and his wife, Rebekah, and Jacob and his wife, Leah. They were buried in the cave of Machpelah. Now, you understand that that's all of the land that Abram ever owned. That's right. Out of all the promised land that God promised to give to Abraham and did give to Abraham, Abraham only exercised dominion over the place of his burial, just a plot, just a field, and the caves of Machpelah. And so he was given command to arise and walk through the land, to look it over, to see it. Why? Because if you walk the land, if you see the land, if you till the land, then you become a part of it. And again, if we're going to know the land and get to know the land, that is a way that we get to know the God of the land in a greater way. And I promise you, as you walk the land, as you drive through it, as you're taught through it by someone who knows the land and who knows the biblical events and what happened, the words will leap off the page and they will become as living pictures in front of you. It's like a movie. All of a sudden, things that were dim and foggy and misty, it's just like it lifts in the clear blue skies 
Olives there and you see it. When you stand on the Mount of Olives and you see the Kidron below you, you see Mount Moriah, you see David's city, Sion, the fortress, the stronghold of Zion. It all begins to become real to you. When you see the wonderful, beautiful Sea of Galilee, the Canaret, the Harp Lake, that beautiful freshwater lake, the lowest freshwater lake on the planet, how it is teeming with life and how beautiful it is in that Syrian African Rift Valley. We're going to examine those over the next couple of days, so you just need to get your Bibles. I'm going to walk you through the land. So what I want to do is start out with the main trade routes. The main trade routes primarily ran north to south. Now, there were silk roads and spice roads that ran from east to west because that's where the spices came from, and that's where the incense and all of that came from the east. And so you had eastern to western routes. But the primary routes that joined two continents and joined Mesopotamia to Africa and the continent of Africa were three. And so you need to understand if you have a map of the Middle East in front of you, and you can find one of these probably in your Bible, you would find that under the call of Abraham or something along those lines. You might even find it in the journeys of Paul where it has Mesopotamia as well as the Mediterranean lands, that is the Eastern Mediterranean lands, such as modern day Turkey and Greece and Italy and so forth, with North Africa along the southern part of the Mediterranean. And so I want you to understand that Israel was a critical geographical section of the ancient world and of the modern world today. Isn't it amazing how much of our news time is taken up with that little strip of land that's no longer and no larger and no bigger than the state of New Jersey? Now, for those of you in the South, I used to, when I traveled around and taught and taught in school and preached around the South, I would say, now, Israel's about the size of New Jersey, and I would have people looking at me like a calf looking at Newgate, and I saw that perplexed look, and I realized when I asked, how many of you have been to New Jersey? That in an audience of maybe two to three hundred or two to three thousand, there would be just very few amount of hands that would go up. Matter of fact, some people in the South try to stay out of New Jersey if they can, just simply because it is not a pleasant place to be from the standpoint of just driving through their interstate system. And so most people don't do that. So I try to help people understand it in square miles. That doesn't work well. And so for those of you who have driven through eastern Tennessee, perhaps, then you're talking about something that's only 50 miles wide. That's not even as wide as the Tennessee Valley. You're talking about a very short distance from the northern tip, the Syrian-Lebanese border, all the way to the Egyptian border you're talking about from Bristol to Chattanooga. It's a very, very small country in relationship to the mass that is around it of people. But it is a land bridge. It's a land bridge. It's part of the Fertile Crescent. Now, the Fertile Crescent is the general term for that Middle Eastern area, that swath of land that is well watered. You have the Euphrates and the Tigris rivers to the north and Syria, northern Syria, and what is modern-day Iraq, 
Then you have the Jordan River that runs all the way from Mount Hermon down to the Dead Sea. And so that gives a green look in the wintertime and in the summertime even. It is green where the rivers are. And so looking from space, from the standpoint of the 30,000 feet look, from higher than that, it looks like a crescent, a green crescent. So that's called the Fertile Crescent. And the westernmost part of that Fertile Crescent is the land of Israel, the promised land, the portion that God gave to the Jewish people of all the earth. And it is theirs by birthright. It's theirs by God's giving them the title deed to it. And that's never been taken away from them nor have the spiritual promises been taken away from them. God has not replaced Israel with another people, with the Palestinians. There's no such thing as that in the Bible. Nothing. Nowhere. And we'll talk about that as we go through. The church doesn't replace spiritual Israel. The spiritual promises that were given to Abraham and the land promises that were given to Abraham, the lineage promises that were given to Abraham, have never been revoked. They were eternal covenants. Right now, God's bringing in the Gentiles in the church, but that's a mystery that was revealed during the days of the Apostle Paul. But the church doesn't replace Israel. Remember, for the first 10 years, the only people that were in the church were Jewish people, and God grafted in to that covenantal promise to Abraham, the spiritual part of that promise. He grafted in the Gentiles. So this is all very relevant today. This is not some ancient history that has nothing to do with us today. Israel's back in the land. And by the way, let me just say to you that the greatest miracle since the resurrection of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, the greatest miracle from that and God living in the life of the believer. Those two events, and those were only 50 days apart. Remember, only 50 days apart. That is the resurrection of Jesus on the day of first fruits, and then the coming of the Holy Spirit to live in the life of every child of God, every believer, every follower of Jesus. That happened on Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is the ancient festival, Moedim, the Moed, the special appointed day of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. Now, as we go through this, I want you to understand that that great miracle that happened in 1948 was the greatest miracle in 2,000 years. And what was that? That Israel became a nation under its own sovereignty for the first time since the days of the Maccabeans and the Hashemoneans. That is 2,000 years ago. And for about a hundred years, Israel was under their own sovereignty in the land after the exile and after the captivity and coming back under Zerubbabel in 538. They were always under the rule of Persia or under the rule of Greeks until the Maccabean revolt for about a hundred years until Pompey, the Roman general, marched into Israel and dominated that land for Rome. It was the first time since that time that Israel has been back in the land. So it's the greatest fulfillment of biblical prophecy since the resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit. 
And so this is a land bridge. It's strategic geographically because it connects two continents. It connects Asia to the north of Israel, and it connects Africa to the south of Israel. And of course, the Arabian Peninsula is just east and goes all the way to what we would call the Persian Gulf today, the oceans of the east and the Red Sea to the south. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I know you know many of these things, but it's so important that we get a mental picture. And if you have a map before, it's even better. But let's go over the three main trade routes, the three main roads, and then I will come back and fill in the details tomorrow and the next day. So let's hit it running. The first one has a Roman name. It's a Latin name, Via Maris, the way of the sea. Now, if you have a map in front of you, or if not, it starts in Egypt and it runs along the coast. It's the coastal road, and it runs up through what was during the days of the tribal allotments, the wilderness to the south, Amalek and that whole area, Gaza, Ashkelon, Ashdod, Philistia, all of that. It runs all the way up. The VMRs runs all the way up till it hits the Carmel Mountain Range. Now, the Carmel Mountain Range juts out into the Mediterranean Sea, and so there has to be a pass that you go through, and the greatest of those passes was the Arun Pass. The Arun Pass came out at Megiddo. Now, you have another pass that came out at Yachnium. Many of you have been with me up on the Mount Carmel, and I showed you the tale of Yachnium and the modern-day city of Yachnium right below there. That was the westernmost pass of the Via Maris because, you see, that mountain range that was part of the Samaritan Mountains that was in the central part of the country, there was a finger mountain called the Carmel Range that went all the way to the sea. It's where modern day it ends at modern day Haifa today. And on one side of it is the coastal plain. And on the other side of it, of that Carmel Range and the end of the Samaritan Mountains is the Jezreel Valley. And so the coastal valley and the Jezreel Valley were joined together by the Arun Pass and the Yachnium Pass and another pass that came out near where the city of Jezreel is today. In that pass was a valley called Dothan. And you remember that from ancient history, and I'll give you the significance of that later and how God used all of this. So if you know where the land is, you know how this happened, why, for instance, Joseph was sold to the Midianites. What were the Midianites doing there, and why were they taking that route to Egypt? Well, we'll go over that. It's very important. And if you were taking the geography of Israel with me in a class, you would have to know all of these things, and that helps you understand the Bible better. And so the main road to the west that I want you to understand is the Via Maris. That's the way of the sea. And it has great biblical significance. It has great theological significance because from that we understand why God did what he did and how God did what he did and when God did what he did according to the geography and the lay of the land. So the other two roads main roads north and south we'll look at tomorrow in the podcast that's all the time that i have we'll make more journeys tomorrow i just wanted to introduce this whole concept to you and then we will hit the ground running pun intended for on the way this is tony crisp thanks for listening to on the way with tony crisp tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages people places and prophecies fridays are for your questions 
Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.